The town of Valenciennes on the Franco-Belgian border between Combray and Mons is a large communal cemetery, the Cemetière Saint-Roche. Within the cemetery are almost 900 Commonwealth war graves and on the northeast wall of the entrance is a white marble plaque. It commemorates Robert Armstrong, an ex-Irish guardsman from the 1418 war who became the cemetery gardener in the 1920s and 30s. He died in Waldheim prison camp in Germany in December 1944. So what was an Irish gardener doing in a German prison camp at the end of World War II? This is the story of Robert Armstrong, a natural rebel. My name is John Pope and I'm a volunteer speaker with the Commonwealth War Graves Commission and have an interest in the ordinary men and women who served in extraordinary times. Robert, and others like him, were volunteers. Some were conscripts. Some had the time of their lives, while others were scarred mentally and physically, or simply failed to return home to their loved ones. They weren't all heroes, and they weren't all decorated, but for most, war at home and abroad was an experience which shaped them and changed them. Drawing on books, official records, internet resources and personal recollections from friends and families, I've pieced together just some of the stories of those who served. Join me in this episode to learn more about Robert Armstrong, Imperial Wargrave Commission Gardener. Robert was born in Newbis, County Monaghan in 1894. His father, James, was an estates manager and his son, Robert, followed him into gardening working at various country houses and gardens around Ireland. When war broke out in 1914, Robert followed his elder brother James into the Irish Guards. The 1st and 2nd Battalions of the Guards were incorporated into the Guards Division and after training were sent to France in early September 1915, just before the Battle of Luz. Sadly, Private James Armstrong was killed on the 2nd of October 1915 and is buried at the Nouay-les-Mines Cemetery between Bethune and Luz. Robert rose to the rank of Lance Sergeant and served on the Somme, where he was wounded in the hip in January 1917 by a shell blast. The wound was severe enough for Robert to be returned to Britain for treatment, where doctors decided that he was no longer fit to serve. He left the army in 1920, and with references which described him as a very good NCO in all respects and thoroughly reliable, Robert applied for a job as a gardener with the Imperial Wargraves Commission. What began under Fabian Ware as a leader of a mobile Red Cross team as the Graves Registration Unit had evolved under Royal Charter by 1917 as the Imperial Wargraves Commission. Its role was to locate and record war burials and develop and maintain the cemeteries after the war. To say it was a mammoth task is an understatement and indeed the work of the Commonwealth War Graves Commission as it became after World War II is ongoing today. The design, layout, construction and maintenance of these silent cities involved some of Britain's best-known architects such as Reginald Blomfield, Herbert Baker and Edwin Lutyens. Literary figures including Rudyard Kipling, typeface designer Leslie Gill, and horticultural experts such as Arthur Hill and Gertrude Jekyll. 
Although not directly employed by the Commission, Jekyll and Lutyens had worked together extensively and developed an English country garden theme of herbaceous planting mixed with floribunda roses to soften some of the architectural features of the cemeteries. They wanted to create an environment reminiscent of home, although local climatic conditions meant that planting schemes had to be adapted to suit the location, be it France, Italy, Turkey or Iraq. If you've ever visited a Commonwealth War Grave Cemetery in France or Belgium, you'll know that they vary depending on size, location and their history, depending on why they were established and by whom. The cemetery in Valenciennes began as part of a casualty clearing station, with 96% of the casualties identified, and 34 from World War II, all but one of which were RAF aircrew. Although there is a pattern, no two cemeteries are the same. Robert's Cemetery at Saint-Roche was incorporated into a larger civilian cemetery within the town of Valenciennes. Since it has greater than 500 graves, it features a stone of remembrance and a cross of sacrifice, two imposing architectural features designed by Lutyens and Blomfield, and a large marble gateway. And also, tucked away near the wall in the southern corner, is the site of a tool shed where Robert Armstrong hid escaping Allied airmen during World War II. So what led to Robert, a neutral Irish citizen, to take on the dangerous task of helping aircrew, being part of an escape network and playing an active role in the French resistance. Robert Armstrong, like over 600 other former service men and women, found a home in France caring for the graves of the fallen. Some wanted to stay behind, drawn to looking after the graves of people they'd served with. Others felt they had nothing to return home for. In the early days of the Imperial War Graves Commission, the gardeners worked alongside the Labour Corps and burial teams to consolidate small plots into larger cemeteries. Over 4,000 burial plots, some containing fewer than 10 graves, were consolidated into just over 1,900 cemeteries in France alone. This included moving the remains by lorry or horse-drawn cart to new burial sites and replacing the wooden crosses with the standard headstone which we see today. Each cemetery in France had a dedicated gardener and Robert became a well-known local figure as the gardener at St Roche. By 1922, Robert had married Claire Marique, a local girl. Although they had no children, they planned to set up a business together in Valenciennes. Robert briefly left his role as a gardener, but rejoined when his marriage to Claire was dissolved in 1932. When war started in 1939, most Imperial War Graves Commission staff remained in France. Robert returned briefly to Ireland in December to visit his father, but was back in France by the new year, claiming that that's where all my friends are. With the German invasion of France in May 1940, the position of commissioned staff became untenable and many had to be evacuated. As a neutral Irish citizen, Armstrong chose to remain in his role at the cemetery, although the commission had no method to pay him. Money soon became tight, and Armstrong sent a telegram to his father and sister, informing that he was well, but to send money if possible. 
via Swiss intermediaries, Armstrong received a £30 hardship payment from the Irish government in early 1941, who were trying to support Irish nationals stranded on the European mainland. Almost 160 Imperial Wargrave Commission staff were interned during the war. Armstrong's father wrote to the Commission asking for news of his son. They replied, We don't know if Armstrong has been interned or is free, working at his cemetery or not. Nor do we know whether he has asserted his Irish citizenship to the Germans or the French, or what attitude they would take if he did. By this time, Robert had become associated with the French resistance through his friend and housemate Marcel Maillard. He joined a network known as the Saint-Jacques Line, the aim of which was to help Allied airmen evade capture and to distribute arms to resistance fighters. Armstrong was a natural choice. He spoke English and French, knew the area well and was a well-known figure. Also, the Germans assumed he was just an Irish gardener tending to the graves of the fallen. Throughout 1942 and 43, the RAF flew regular missions to bomb German cities, factories and railways in order to disrupt their war effort. Saint-Roche soon became the final resting place of RAF airmen, and to start with, the Germans buried the aircrew with full military honours. The graves soon became a focus for acts of defiance by local people, leaving flowers and demonstrating their support for the Allied cause. In one example, locals were prevented from attending the burial of two RAF flying officers, and over the months which followed, 72 pots of chrysanthemums and over 2,500 bouquets of flowers were heaped on the graves, leading to strained relationships between the Germans and the gardener at Saint Roche. Whilst the Germans may have had some cause to question Armstrong's sympathies, they were not aware that he was hiding escaped aircrew in his tool shed. In early March 1943, Armstrong met Flight Lieutenant Brian Barker in a cafe in Valenciennes. Barker's Halifax had been shot down nearby and four of the six crew had escaped. With Armstrong and the help of the San Shacks line, Barker made it all the way to Spain, Gibraltar and finally back to Britain on a journey which took him over four months. On Armistice Day 1943, in defiance of German orders, two local women placed flowers on the grave of an Allied airman in Saint Roche Cemetery. A German officer kicked the flowers away and Robert Armstrong, who, as a former Irish guardsman, at six feet tall and well-built, knocked the officer to the ground. He was arrested and detained, and recognised by the Gestapo as a member of the resistance. Despite his release, the Germans were watching Armstrong, perhaps in the hope he would betray his fellow conspirators. Two weeks later, Armstrong was warned by Emmanuel Dosch, the cemetery manager, that he was in significant danger. He was arrested the following day and taken to a prison near Luz, not far from where his brother had been killed in World War I. In May 1944, after six months in prison, Armstrong was sentenced to death by the Germans, who informed the local Irish charge d'affaires in France out of courtesy to a neutral nation. Despite successful efforts by Irish politician Sean McKeown to have Armstrong's sentence commuted from life to 15 years, 
the advent of D-Day in June 1944 meant that the Germans were soon retreating across France. Armstrong's case became lost in the fog of war and he was moved from prison to prison via Lille, Aachen and Cologne. He was badly beaten by a prison guard and his health began to suffer. In October, he was moved to Castle Velheiden camp, where his condition continued to deteriorate, and then on to Valtheim. A Dutch camp survivor who knew Armstrong gave evidence after the war. Because he could not work, he was shoved by the guards, among whom were some nasty individuals. On December the 14th, he left with us to go to Valtheim camp, but his situation was already grave. The day before, a guard had struck him because he was not eating his food quickly enough. He was very weak. He was transferred to hospital and died two days later. Robert Armstrong's death was not confirmed for almost two years. The Germans had burned their records in the dying days of the war, and the part of Saxony where the Valtheim camp was located was in the Soviet sector. Although Robert Armstrong has no known grave, the Commission erected a memorial tablet on the gatehouse in St. Roth Cemetery in Valenciennes, which reads, To the memory of Robert Armstrong, Head Gardener, Imperial War Graves Commission, died in captivity at Valdheim Camp, Saxony, 16th of December 1944, homage from his friends in Valenciennes. Emmanuel Dosch, the cemetery manager who had warned Armstrong he was in danger, led a campaign to support the plaque and local people raised over 10,000 francs, a huge sum considering the privations in post-war France. The plaque was unveiled by the mayor in July 1948, and Armstrong was awarded Le Médaille de la Résistance Française and the Franco-Britannique Medal, which were presented to his younger brother, Edward Armstrong, who later described his brother as a natural rebel. Robert Armstrong chose to defy the occupying forces, help others, and in doing so, it cost him his life. He, and others like him, deserve to be remembered. And I'd like to thank the Commonwealth War Graves Commission for access to their archives, and for some of the photographs which appear on the episode extras page on the Those Who Served website. I'd also like to thank Ronan McGreevy of the Irish Times for his excellent book, Wherever the Firing Line Extends, about Ireland and the Western Front, which features a chapter on Robert and his story. Until next time, thank you for listening to Those Who Served, with me, John Pope. You can show your support for this free podcast by clicking on buymeacoffee.com or by donating through the Patreon page. All funds are used to cover the costs of research, production and syndication. You can join in with the show by sharing what details you know of a family member or friend who served in a 20th century conflict. Simply follow the links on the website or contact me directly by email at info at thosewhoserved.co.uk Thank you. <laughs>